Microphone check, one, two, what is this? You're now listening to a brand new episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. Look what you done started. Talk to him. Attorney, high-performance coach, and speaker Cherie Prince asks hard questions to really get to the bottom of what makes entrepreneurs tick. From starting a business, marketing, strategies, and the ins and outs of their industries. We talk everything from book recommendations, lifestyle hacks, and everything possible to get you inspired and motivated to build your own business. The Play Big Faster podcast starts now. Let's go. another episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. We are joined by the Director of Internal Audit, Christopher Thomas. And Christopher, tell us where you work at. I work at Jackson State University, the I love. The I love. Okay. (laughs) How are you doing? Doing great. How are you? Doing awesome. Thank you for taking the time to come out and talk to us. Just reviewing your career trajectory at Jackson State and just moving in your director's position at such a young age. Tell us how you did it and what you do for the ILO. I've been with Jackson State now for right at six years. And um, as the director of internal audit, I'm kind of in control of inputting uh, various internal controls for the university, making sure that the university stays in compliance with its regulatory state and its governing board uh, regulations. And that it, that it touches everything that's going on at the university. There's always a standard or a policy or a procedure that should be going on. And so what my job is, is to come in and just take a look at the various divisions, various departments, and make sure that they're actually doing what they're supposed to be doing. So in other words, you are the compliance police on campus. Yes. This is- <laughs> and you know, that I, I don't like that word police because it gets a bad, you know, connotation. I call myself a change agent. I try to come in and put people's mind at ease because normally when they hear the word audit, you know, they originally think of, you know, the IRS, you know, somebody's out to get them. And but my what my position really is is for to just really make sure that the school stays on on track with its its various regulations. It's not to say, oh, I got you or anything like that. It's really to help strengthen the university and make sure that we don't have much leakage or anything like that. So just the title itself, internal audit, what are some things that you do on a regular basis that just kind of give those checkups to those different departments? Well, I kind of began my year off with doing a risk assessment. I talked to various managers around the university and asked them you know, questions about their organization, what challenges they may be having, things uh, that may be bothering them, things that they wish would change. And everybody has a story. You know, everybody's got some things in their organization that they like. They have some things in their organization that they don't like. A lot of it has to do with, especially in Jackson State's case, that uh, we kind of work in silos. So there's not a lot of people communicating amongst the different divisions. And so that kind of starts some strife uh, when people just don't know, you know, what the other organization is doing, especially if they're waiting on information or they're relying on that next organization to have their part. Uh, So it's important for me to kind of come in, identify those things, and then try to make a priority list of what's most important for that year. Uh, And I do that in conjunction with the president and also the chief audit executive at IHU. Now, for your department, it's almost the equivalent to maybe internal affairs. Is Mm -hmm. that 
Yes. Okay. So is are you more independent? Because I heard you say that you work in conjunction with the president. Is there another department that you answer directly to? Because I can see how that may be hard, you know, being an oversight and then working directly with the department. So my independence actually comes from the Institution of Higher Learning of Mississippi. So I work for the chief audit executive and I report to him as far as any of my findings and things like that. But for the president, he's more my administrative manager. So he just handles, you know, make sure I get paid. But I am completely independent of him uh, when it comes to, you know, what things I want to audit, what things I need to look at. Um, And that's just a part of the whole IIA structure. Well, and, you know, we definitely at the Play Big Faster podcast, we want to give you your flowers early. You are a young guy and we don't see many young guys in this type of position. How old were you, if you don't mind me asking, when you actually took this position? 30, what am I? 37. Okay, then or now? Huh? Now, yeah. Oh, so, and you were doing this for about six years. You were 31, 31, 32. Wow. That is so awesome. Are you a a native Jacksonian? Native Jacksonian, JPS, born and bred, uh, Bradley Elementary over there in Mega Elvis and Sunset. Then went to uh, Northwest Middle School on Highway 49 and then 2400 Robinson Street. Ram City. Yeah, I'm a Jackson all day. Well, look, that is awesome. And I'm not going to hold that against you. I'm from the great metropolis of Louisville, Mississippi, by way of Durant, Mississippi. Don't nobody even know what that is. That's okay. That's okay. Great things come from there. Great things. Cows and cows and fields. <laughs> well, you know what? Anyone who's been through a Whataburger or um, a McDonald's, they can appreciate cows and fields. Okay? Beef all day long. This is true. This is true. Something we can't live without. So that's great. So there are some, the annual things that you do. Are there any special projects or like, you know, things that are not required all the time that kind of add to your job? I think you guys have certain accreditation standards that you have to meet. Is that something that you deal with annually or is that just something that is periodic? No, it's 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 annually. With every project that we do, we have to perform those with uh, the Institute of Internal Audit Standards in mind, just like in the field of uh, law. You know, there's certain regulations that you have to follow to make sure that you meet that board uh, certification. So we keep that in the forefront of everything that we do. And I think you mentioned anything special that we do. So we do special investigations. Things come up, you know, around the university and somebody may need to be a whistleblower. So we appreciate that. Uh, We hope things don't go wrong at the school, but you know, with any organization, you're going to have things that do happen. And so those come about ever so often. And, And, you know, then I get to really play cop and go undercover and, you know, go through people's stuff and they don't know about it. Uh, but uh, I, you know, I enjoy that work. I enjoy that work. And again, we don't want the, we don't want to see those things where people have to be whistleblowers, but it does happen. So let's do some hypotheticals. We're going to protect the names to protect the innocent. Give us an example of a time that you may have had to go like undercover with a situation that would be covered by internal audit and maybe not. I, can, I don't know if it would how your role with campus police works. You know, if, if there was something that you uncovered, would you involve them directly if it looked criminal or how does that work? If it was something that was a uh, criminal, I do as much of the investigation as I can myself before I handed that information over to our public safety team so they can kind of take it from there. Uh, but anything, especially with dealing with a threat, you have to go ahead and get that, get public safety involved. If it's, you know, if it's money or something like that, we can kind of, we can work around it without actually having to involve a lot of people. Really, during those investigations, you try to keep it 
as close knit as you can. And that, you know, normally that would be me. That's my attorney, Ed Watson. And then we go from there. So give us an example of a time that you had to go deep undercover and do some digging. We have some incidents where there were there was some money missing and some professors had started to, I guess, charging students for an exam. And so we had never heard of something like that. But, you know, they said it was regular. It was something that they've always done. It's probably been like a 20 year practice. And as administrators come in and out, you know, some people see it and then they may say something. And that's basically what happened. And so I started having to go through old emails and calling people in to have interviews with them just to see, you know, what knowledge they had about this. And literally it had been going on for darn near two decades, just different people, you know, just keep, keep going. (laughs) And yeah, that was, that was an interesting one. And uh, we finally kind of put it to bed. So as a young guy growing up in Jackson, Mississippi, how did you transition to internal audit? Like, what was it that led you down this path that opened up this opportunity for you? Uh, Well, when I left uh, Provine and got to Jackson State, I was actually a marketing major. I thought I was going to be Marcus Graham from uh, Boomerang. Like I wanted, I wanted to walk in and be all clean and smooth. And everybody's like, "Who, who is that little boy over there? Who's that short guy?" And uh, I just didn't see it. I, you know, I got into marketing, and I was like, "You know what? I'm not that creative. You know, that's not my thing." And I ended up taking like a uh, managerial accounting class. Uh, it was a prerequisite, and we, t- I took that. Under probably one of the smoothest teachers I've ever seen is Dr. Nabusi. And uh, he just kind of introduced me to it and said, you know, I think you'd be really good at this. And so I switched my major from marketing and full time accounting uh, major. And then I found out that was like there's like a delineation line in the college business. So you have your accounting and your finance people. Then it's like kind of everything else. And so um, when a lot of the corporate uh companies would come in to do internships. Um, FedEx was one of the first ones that I met with, um, and also Deloitte & Touche, which is like one of the big four firms. And so I had my mind set on going to Deloitte & Touche, and I said I was going to do it like my junior year. But I messed around and went to FedEx first. And once I got there, and I was just like, you know, man, this is this is nice. You know, it's not 80 hours a week like they had told me we were going to do at Deloitte. Um, it was 40 hours. You had work-life balance. And then it was in Memphis. So I could get back home like every weekend if I wanted to, especially during football season. I had to see the band. I had to see the football team. So just that distance. Uh, so I'd, I'd get off of work around 5 o'clock, drive home to Jackson. I'd be here by 7.30, enjoy the weekend, and ride on back up to Memphis. And uh, working for FedEx was just it was a worldwide, you know, experience. I got the opportunity to travel internationally to uh, Germany and Italy, Paris. I probably went to every major city in the United States. And for a guy coming out of uh, Jackson, you just don't see that happen, you know, all the time where you get a corporate card and they say, OK, well, we're sending you to New York for four weeks. OK, so I don't know what to do in New York, but I'll figure it out. So, man, that, that was the best of times. You know, meeting new people, new experiences, having to really, especially coming into FedEx, uh, I was the only person from HBCU. And so everybody else was from Ole Miss, Mississippi State, University of Tennessee, University of Memphis. Um, and you just kind of get that feel like, you know, am I good enough? Am I good enough? But, you know, one thing that they do uh, put into us in the college of business at Jackson State is that, hey, if you can get a degree here, 
you can go anywhere you want to. You can compete with everybody else in the country. And once I got there and really showed my work ethic, I mean, it was like night and day between me and my peers. And so prior to me even finishing my internship, they offered me a full-time position to come back um, as soon as I finished uh, my senior year. So finished senior year, went back to FedEx, spent 10 years with them. And then I find myself coming on back home to the I love, just to kind of help out, because the school was kind of in trouble at that time. I'm not going to dare ask what the trouble was, because I know that there are certain things about your job that are confidential. So we're just gonna, we're going to leave that right there. So just what advice would you give someone who, you know, may be starting out in one major and an opportunity like this develops for them to do something similar to what you're doing. I would say just kind of follow your passion. Everything is not going, you're not going to know exactly what you want to do initially. You've got time. I kind of tell people, you really kind of want to know what you want to do by your sophomore year though. Because um, again, although we don't see HBCUs as a secondary education, there are others that do. And so you kind of got to go ahead and get ahead of the game um, kind of early. Figure out what you want to do figure out what context you need to make in order to make uh, that dream a reality. And you're going to have to work. I mean, the one thing that concerns me now about this generation is that it's kind of like an entitlement. Like we just think things are going to be handed to us and it's not like you still got to go out here and get it. You still got to know that although, yeah, we got a better name now, Jackson State is known across the country. There's still some pockets where people don't know who you are. Got a friend in uh, Chicago right now, in the, well, in the suburb of Chicago. He's an engineering major. People have never heard of Jackson State, you know. So it's important to go ahead and set yourself up as early as you can with whatever your degree is going to be. Um, and don't be afraid to take chances. You know, things there are things people say about you, friends, family, and they say, well, well, nobody's ever done that out of our family. You know, you from Jackson. Well, what does that mean? Do you know God? If you know God, you can do anything. You can you can just step out on faith. You, you can do anything you want to. Now, again, you got to put the work in, you know, but they say faith without works is dead. So don't think it's just going to come because you sat there and prayed for it for two or three hours. You got to put the work in. And so that's what I would admonish kids to do now. Find a mentor, you know, really get connected with that individual and then just just make it happen. And, you know, that'll preach. I mean, we might need to open up another half hour just to, you know, get that sermon on out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So it sounds like your job, in, in some respects, even though it's rewarding, it can be challenging. What do you do just to be balanced and well-rounded? You know, when the day's over and you've dealt with all these issues, what do you do for fun and just for work-life balance? For me, I am, I'm still that kid at 2400 Robinson Street playing my trombone. So I'm still a band head. I will turn on YouTube and play every fifth quarter for since last season. That kind of calms me down. I love my R&B. I love my gospel music. So music has always been that thing that kind of just, you know, it just makes me chill. And then, of course, when I get home. Your favorite two artists, favorite R&B artists and favorite gospel artists. Favorite R&B artist is uh, Brian McKnight. Favorite gospel artist, Marvin, Marvin Sapp. Okay, so I'm going to say yes to Marvin Sapp. Brian McKnight, the old Brian or the new Brian? Because, you know, the music changed some. You know, I'm going to go with old Brian. Like, the ne Never Felt This Way, One Last Cry, I Remember You album. Uh, that's gold. That's gold. <laughs> you, put, you put that on it. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Good deal. So music and what else? Music and my kids, you know, my family just coming home and seeing their faces and, you know, they don't care what kind of day you had. And, you know, you just go into daddy mode with them and then have two girls. That's just a whole nother situation where you're their first introduction into what a man's love should be. So you have to take that very seriously. And I do, you know, I'm I'm the dad that gets up in the middle of the night to be with them. They don't feel good or anything like that. I rock them to sleep and, you know, talk to them. So that's that's my comfort zone. It's just just getting that love when you're at home. And then, you know, while I'm at work, I work hard and then I, I just chill out. And say, th- okay, you know, that's, we're going to have to get you for like maybe a three-part series. You know, we're going to have to go to church. And then we got to go to church. We got to go to church. But also what you said about being the, you know, your daughter's first experience with knowing what a man is. Like literally, we just did an episode about that, um, about just how important that is. So maybe we got to get you back just to talk about daddies and um, little girls. I mean, I would love that. I would love that. Well, listen. This has been awesome. Do you have anything else to share with our subscribers? Everybody, I know it's 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 uh, it's tough out there right now. Uh, things are high. People are concerned about jobs, you know, security. Family lives may not always be the best uh, that you want them to be, but find something in life to catch hold to. I would love to say catch hold to faith and catch hold to God and know him, you know, in his fullness. But for everybody, that may not be their path. But find a reason just to love on yourself, you know, love yourself first and then find people, you know, surround yourself with positive people that will speak life into you and to, you know, they really want to see you do well. Uh, You got enough haters out there, but you got to find that circle of friends, uh, that mentor again, that sees that there's a king in you and that that person is only going to mature the long as they keep feeding you. I just believe everybody can can uh, enjoy a prosperous life. It doesn't mean that struggles won't be there, but you, you know, just keep pushing, keep pushing. Well, look, thank you so much for coming to share with us and telling us all about the I love and all the great work that you do there. And until next time, this has been another episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. Do you want to start your own business? Confused about where to begin? Not sure if you can do this? I'm glad you made your way here. Cut through the confusion. I invite you to join in on the five-day Play Big Faster Challenge. You'll get step-by-step guidance on how to start and scale your dream business faster. Five days perfectly structured. Build the business you've always dreamed of without spending tons of money and hiring consultants or a lot of staff. Join the challenge today at www.playbigfaster.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. Want more entrepreneurial content? I like this. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes. Already subscribed. I just clicked on it. Don't forget to like and leave a review. Share with a friend that needs this in their life. I think you need this more than I. Oh, and make sure to follow Cherie on IG at Cherie Speaks. And remember to play big faster.